Psalm 137, verses 1 through 4, familiar passage. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. Again, look at the place they're at, by the rivers of Babylon. God allowed this captivity to happen. There they are, and they're remembering the way it used to be. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. They stopped worshiping. They stopped playing. For they carried us, for they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they wasted us, required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. And here was their response How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? I've heard this preached a number of ways. And uh, my, my dad's favorite, one of my dad's favorite verses is out of, this, out of this text. We hanged our harps upon the willows because he talks about people that lay down their talents. So you're hanging your harp on the willow. You need to be using it for God. And he says, amen, yes. But very shortly, let me just share with you the way God showed me here. This section of Psalm 107 through Psalm 150 is a section of Psalms that basically is a, a test of testifying of how the God's people were brought out of captivity. Verses one through four that I read to you, there was a space of time when they were in a place where they didn't want to be. Would, would you all agree with that? They were in a place they didn't want to be. Of course, they, they didn't want to be in bondage. They didn't want to be in captivity. Not, none of us would, none of us want to be in bondage. I wouldn't think. I don't think any of us would get up one day and say, hey, I, I want to be held captive. I want to be bound. But yet many of you every day you get up and you're bound. I don't think we, we wish it that way, but we find ourselves right in the middle of Babylon. And here they are in a place they didn't want to be. And then in verse three, they began to be ridiculed by their enemy. They wanted a song. You hung your harps on a willow. Sing us a song now. Where's your song that you used to sing? And then their response was, how, how can we have joy in the midst of these circumstances? How in the world are we going to sing what we used to sing being bound? Now, let me, let me bring out something to you here. Notice the enemy asked them this question. The enemy said, why don't you sing us a song? You know why? Because the enemy wanted to know, was the oppression working? Was the captivity working? You know why it was working? Because they wasn't singing anymore. Let me ask you this, does, has the stress, is the stress on the job working? Is your financial difficulties you're going through, is it working? Is the false accusations people are making against you, is it working? Is it stealing your song? Is the social media post against you, although it may be false, it may even be accurate, but yet rumors are being spread, is it working? to take your song. 
Do you have problems in your marriage? Is, is that working? Health challenges? Is that working? Are your children being attacked in such a way that you're, you're being oppressed by the enemy and, it, and it's, you find yourself in, by the rivers of Babylon and you're not singing the song that you used to sing? Has death and the challenges over the last few years, has it taken your song? The enemy is asking us the same question today. Why don't you sing a song? I thought you had a song to sing. I thought you used to shout in the church house. I thought you used to share openly what God has done for you. Well, what are you doing now? I know I'm challenging you tonight, but I'm asking you the same question. Has the circumstances you're in right, are the circumstances you're in right now taking your song away? Let me ask this question. Sometimes the tests that come and the oppression that comes doesn't really, aren't meant to challenge us on if we have joy or not. They're there to challenge us if we are persistent or consistent in our praise. Our song should be a persistent song. You know why the enemy was coming against them? Because these people were known for singing. These people were known for worshiping God. That was one of their ways that they expressed their love for the master was the fact that they sang. They sang from their heart. They played from their heart. They had joy in their heart. And now they're in a circumstance they don't want to be in. They're in bondage. They're in captivity. And now their song is gone. I'm asking you tonight, where is your song? Do you still have your song? Maybe it's down inside. But is it persistent? Is it consistent? Are you willing to sing no matter what area of life you're in? Are you willing to have, are you willing to share that song no matter what, what oppression you're going through? It's easy to sing when things are going good, but do you still have a song in your heart when you're bound, when you're in captivity, when death has come? Hey, I tell you what, folks, there, I know we go through things and a lot of us go through things. Many of you are going through things right now, but may I remind you, the enemy is after one thing. He's after your song. He's after your joy. And if you choose not to sing, then you'll suffer in oppression. Our song needs to be persistent. Just give me a few more minutes, but our song also needs to be public. Why would you say that, Brian? The joy they had in Jerusalem should have been the same joy they had in Babylon. It's easy to worship God in, the, in these four walls. It's easy to stand and clap your hands when they sing the God I serve is a mighty good God. But when you're out in Babylon, are you still willing to share what Christ has done for you? Are you still willing to share the song that God has given you? And may I remind you, he's the author of every song. He's the author of joy. And every one of you, when you came to Christ, you had a song to sing and you still have a song to sing. God wants you to share that song. This is a personal salvation, but it's not a private salvation. It's a public salvation. 
Never be afraid to share what Christ has done for you. This song should be personal. It should be, excuse me, this, this song is persistent. It should be public. But notice that in this, in this psalm, it starts out in the plural. It says, how shall we sing a song? How, by the rivers of Babylon there, we sat down. We hanged our harps on the willow. How shall we sing? But then in verse five, the text changes. To plural, it's not plural anymore. It's singular. Because it said, if I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember me, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. This psalmist found out that congregational singing is great. But we have to make up our mind if we want to join the choir. <laughs> singing is great. And singing is plural. Worshiping is plural. But conviction is personal. And he said, you know what? I need to understand. And what was happening here, they were singing this song. They were actually bound and in captivity because they were singing a song, but they were singing the wrong song. They were singing a song to strange gods and God allowed the Babylons to be freed and allowed the Babylonians to come and capture them and put them in captivity. They were singing, but they were singing the wrong song. God allowed the captivity and now the enemy wants them to sing and they're like, you know what? We had a song. And see, God sometimes will allow the captivity for you to understand, am I singing the right song? Am I doing the right thing? They were singing a song, but it was a strange song. And now where they were in a strange land, the enemy wanted to sing. And the psalmist here said, I, I understand that we need to sing uh, publicly and we need to sing collectively, but I want my song to be permanent. I want my song to last. And he said, you know what? Uh, as long as God gives me breath, I'm paraphrasing here, uh, I, if I forget what God has done for me and if I forget to stop singing, then let, then let me just die. I would rather die as to not have a song in my heart. Folks, God has given us a song and I would, <laughs> glory to God and if we shut up, if we shut our praise, if we shut up our song, oh, I may as well go into heaven. But folks, as long as I'm here, let's share what God has done for us. Hallelujah. Don't allow God to send trouble your way to correct your song. Some of you all will prevent yourself a lot of trouble if you just sing what the song God has given you. Notice this, they asked them to sing after they hung their instruments up. Notice, you ever notice that? The enemy asked them to sing after they hung their instruments up. And the psalmist said, you know what? I don't need, just, uh, who's, is that a, whose alarm is that? Oh, that's mine. How about that? I didn't even know I had an alarm set for 8.30. Oh, well. One, two, three. Awkward. 
<laughs> okay, so he, he asked them to sing after they hung their instruments up. But what is that trying to teach us? He's trying to teach us after the music's done, after the guitars are hung up, after the drums have stopped beating, do you still have a song? You all, you all, we experienced this tonight. They had no idea what I was saying. It's almost like I told them what to do. What, you had no idea what I was preaching. When they got done, the music had stopped. That's when Mark and Josh took off running. Why? Because they understood, and some of you understand, you don't need the music to sing. <laughs> That's what God wants to hear. He, when, all, when everything else is done, whenever you're out of church, whenever you're in your workplace, are you still willing to sing your song? Mary Lou tonight hurting in pain, can't hardly walk, came down here and prayed tonight. And she leaned up. She had no idea what I was going to preach either. She said, but I still got a song. <laughs> That's what God's looking for. God's looking for some people that despite their circumstances, they realize they've still got a song. You don't need the music. You don't need a piano. You don't need guitar. You don't need drums. All you need is yourself and you need God. I've never done this before. I've always wanted to. God said, okay, I'm going to allow you to do it tonight. We see it a lot in, in churches, African-American churches, and they've done it so much we kind of almost make fun of it. But I want, you, I want to do this tonight. I want, I want to seal the deal. Is that okay? I want, you to, I want you to repeat after me. I want you to look to your neighbor. Don't smack him seven times. That's what they tell him to do, but don't smack him. Look to your neighbor. I want you to say this. After all I've been through, I've still got a song. Now turn to the one to the other side of you. If you have one. Say, after all I've been through, I still have a song. <laughs> okay, now look at me and mean it. Don't laugh. Think about what I'm telling you. Say this, after all I've been through, I still have a song. After all I've been through, I still have joy. After all I've been through, I still have the Lord. After all I've been through, I've still got a promise. After all I've been through, I still have a hope. After all I've been through, God is faithful. After all I've been through, I'm still saved. After all I've been through, I've still got a shout. <laughs> and after all I've been through, I'm still going to heaven. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo. After all I've been through, 